Hi, and welcome into Vols in the Air. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, Charlie Reimer. Got a special show for you today. I have a uh, great friend who is going to be my guest host today, Rick Murphy, comma, PGA. And uh, Rick is a legend in the Carolinas and beyond. And I'm not saying Rick is a little slow, but uh, it did take him eight hours to get here yesterday uh, from Greensboro. His uh, golf school and training facility up there in Greensboro is a wonderful spot, but uh, Rick just doesn't follow directions very long. It's about two and a half hours from Greensboro. It took him eight hours to get here. But Rick, Rick glad you uh, made it down to Myrtle Thanks. Beach. Looking Thanks forward to the show today. Happy to be here. And uh, I, I told you Rick is a legend. Ladies and gentlemen, he is a legend. Uh, he is um, um, in a lot of ways. But uh, let's start with the, with the PGA of America. Uh, Rick, Rick's a longtime uh, member of the PGA of America. He served as the president of the Carolina section of the PGA of America, which is the largest section. I don't know how you pull that off, Rick. But uh, Rick's also been teacher of the year in the Carolinas a couple of years. He's been professional of the year and, and the Carolinas. And um, way back in the last century, Spalding named him the national teacher of the year. He's got a great passion for uh, teaching the game. Also a, a heck of a player. And uh, – the, the most important thing you need to know about Rick is he's my partner every year in the Carolinas Pro Pro. <clears throat> we play that up in Pinehurst. We have two top five finishes the last two years. That's right. And if you could put it in a damn swimming pool, Wait I think we'd have won both whoa. years. Whoa, 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 whoa. Back up. You remember the four putt? Um, you see, Rick and I have this big debate. <clears throat> if you're playing alternate shot and it's a four putt, is it two two putts or one four putt? I think we had to have that discussion a couple of times. <laughs> Got to sort things out. <clears throat> yeah, ab absolutely. But uh, Rick, uh, let, let's start real quick uh, and talk a little bit about some of the golf we saw this past uh, weekend as the PGA Tour started in the new year, twenty twenty one. Boy, Harris English had a really wow. nice performance yeah. out there at Kapalua. Yeah, kind of a second career emerging. I mean, he started out successful, uh, was silent for a while, and now he's back. Yeah, he, he actually lost his full-time playing status yeah. and uh, went went to work. He took advantage of the downtime and the pandemic. <clears throat> a lot of people were doing some vacationing. He was down at uh, Sea Island working hard on that game, and, and uh, that that's uh, really paid off. But uh, at 18th hole, second shot, he needed a birdie to tie Joaquin Neiman. Um, he had a three-iron, just 268 yards in there about 10 feet. And he missed the damn putt. <laughs> it must have been downhill. <laughs> but he did win in the playoff. But Harris uh, played his golf at uh, University of Georgia, and that's fine. College isn't just for everybody. And um, I've, I've known uh, him a little bit. Uh, he went to high school up in uh, the Chattanooga area, which is where I was born, and uh, he's a longtime member of my home course up in Tennessee, the honors course. And uh, uh, this summer when I was sick with COVID, one of the messages I got from some of the PGA Tour players, one of them came from uh, came from Harris. And uh, Harris later had to deal with, with COVID-19 himself. And uh, But re really nice to see him uh, pl play in some, some excellent golf. But, Rick, let's talk, let's talk a little bit about your career. I've known you a long time. You were the golf professional, uh, later the director mm -hmm. of golf at, at – um, the Cardinal in Greensboro, Pete Dye Golf Course, one of the right. first Pete Dye Golf Courses I've ever seen. That sucker is maybe the hardest course uh, I've ever played in my life. And when it was built, that was that was the place to oh, be. Yeah. Yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about the Cardinal, and in particular the support that the Cardinal there that started in your time right. <clears throat> with, a, with a great amateur event there every year, the, the Cardinal Amateur, which I played in every year, and I think sure. I finished pretty much last every year. Yeah. But uh, tell me a little bit about your time at the Cardinal. Yeah, it was uh, incredible. I was in my 20s when I got the job there at the Cardinal. Uh, it was ranked the second number two golf course in the state of North Carolina uh, behind Pinehurst number two. So mm -hmm. it got a lot of recognition. Pete Dye did a wonderful job. And I think actually Mike Suchak finished up the golf course mm. uh, towards the end. And that was in the late 70s. But uh, it's a great, great test of golf. Uh, one of the first courses that I remember seeing with grass bunkers. So the bunkering around the greens, it was just incredible. Uh, it made it more difficult. So uh, you had to have to drive the ball straight and you had to have a great short game to be able to play there. Uh, successful. I remember we hosted three North Carolina Opens, I think, in successive years. Jack, Le Jack uh, Lewis, who was... Well, uh, what a player Jack Lewis Jack, uh, was. 
still still is a teacher. I know uh, yeah. maybe you see Jack yeah. from from time to time. A legend from Florence, South Carolina. Absolutely, what a warm heart Jack has. And uh, yes, he's been with us for about twenty years now. But he did. Uh, he was a head professional at the Atlanta Athletic Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, he coached at Wake Forest, and he was at Forsyth Country Club. So, Jack, yes, he is indeed a legend. Um, but he won uh, the North Carolina Open by maybe a dozen shots in his playing days. He shot, I think the highest score he shot was 67 mm. with three rounds, and that was incredible amount afterwards. Of course, he, he made the PGA Tour, and now, along with, with teaching, I haven't had one yet, but they tell me that, like, he makes these chicken pies. Oh, what, what is it? Tell me about the chicken <laughs> pie. It doesn't take long to get the food with me. What you know about that? Oh, I mean, listen, I know about my chicken pies. Chicken pies and lasagna. Yeah. So yeah. Jack comes in the shop one day and says, Murph, uh, you know, my wife and I, we're starting this business. Uh, this was six or seven years ago. I'm going to start making chicken pies. And uh, we've upfitted our kitchen at home. And, yeah, bring one over, Jack. So he brings a couple over, and I tasted it. It was absolutely incredible. What, what did you like it's, about it? I mean, I hear people all, all the time. They say, oh, I, I like it. But why? Did you like it? Was it seasoning? Was it the preparation? Did you have a little wine before? Yeah, I'm just trying. Wh- what specifically do you like? It, about that chicken it's pie. It's just so much chicken in it. Okay, it's just tons of chicken, and uh, they hand select uh, oh, yeah. the type of chicken. No cartilage in there. No. A little gravy in there, a little oh, pastry. Just a little bit of pastry and some gravy, and it is out of this world. So I introduced that to some of my friends. So for about a two or three month period, I was delivering chicken pies for Jack <laughs> to my friends. So finally, I gave them his phone number. I said, Look, you guys are going to keep eating these things. Uh, Text Jack and Jack will bring yeah, it I, I mean, you, you know, you did drive down from Greensboro. It took you yeah. a while to get it. I mean, you could have brought some for me. I'm just saying, you know, next time. But, by the way, we're going to be talking about fitness here in a little while. Uh, so we better, we better get off the, the, the chicken pie. But my, my, my um, strongest impression of you from the early days is, is the, the atmosphere that, that you established there at the Cardinal was – that's where all the good players wanted to hang out. They, they wanted to, whether it was young players or well-established or, or, or even some, some tour pros, we'll get into that in a little bit, but they wanted to hang out with you. They wanted to be at the Cardinal, and it's all because of your passion for, for teaching this game yeah. and, 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 and you just love for making people better at yeah. golf. Where does that come from, Rick? Well, Charlie, I'm not sure about that, but uh, the time I did get to spend at the Cardinal, almost 15 years, uh, was incredible during my lifetime, uh, and, and growth, and, and becoming a better person, a better golf professional, learning much more about the golf business. The members were engaging, uh, and like you mentioned, we had the Cardinal Amateur there, which was a major amateur event during its day, uh, which the winner uh, would get points towards uh, uh, the USGA uh, rankings and so forth. Um, but just, it was a warm place to work, because of the golf course, everyone had respect for the golf course. I remember days where we would have crow's foot uh, parties, I think it was. That we oh, yeah, you get a steak knife and yes, you get a steak knife and the members. The, the oh, weeds out of the absolutely. green. Absolutely. So, oh, I could fill up a garbage bag doing that when uh, I grew up south bar, of Charlotte. The bar went up at about uh, four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> members would show up and out on the golf course with their spade or knife, and they took care of the golf course that way. Pete Dye came by a couple of times. I had the opportunity to meet he and Allison um, during those days, and he actually uh, uh, walked over the golf course. I spent some time with him there. That was an incredible moment for me. Uh, and Pete Dye actually built another course close by, designed another course called Oak Hollow mm. in High Point, which is you know, 15 miles away. So he was checking on that. But the golf course, I think, and the game – uh, brought our members together, and I took a keen interest in helping youth and developed a youth program there, uh, the first one at the Cardinal. Um, so we had something going on all the time yep. with junior golf uh, and developing young players. And probably during that time, we had a kid named Jason Widener. Yep, USGA uh, junior champion, which ought to be considered a fifth major. That's right. <laughs> I agree. Especially if you want it in 1985. Or yeah. Jason Widener. Yeah. So, no, but Jason played there. and uh, Went to Duke, had a nice career yeah, at Duke. Yeah, we had uh, Brian Gawley and uh, 
uh, Butch Monteith, I think. Uh, we had several really young players that developed over those years, and uh, I'm not sure why, but they had great roots and went on to play college golf. My, my uh, speaking of college golf, my, my story that, that I remember most vividly from the Cardinal is. Um, Seemed like it was maybe my sophomore or junior year. The ACC championship was at, at the Cardinal. And uh, playing at Georgia Tech, we get in our fancy van. We drive up to Greensboro. And and the two, two things I remember from that week was, um, I, I, I know people find this hard to believe, but my golf shoes smell horrible. And, you know, when you're riding in a team van, you throw them in the back. And, you know, you know and, and there's nothing you can do. But I was too cheap to get shoe trees to go in there. So <clears throat> Bill McDonald was one of my teammates. Bill's now the men's golf coach at the University of South Carolina. Okay. And and one of my favorite things to do is torment Bill. And and Bill is very sensitive to smell, which is – that makes – we our, our being teammates was tough for us wow. because of that. And I'll get in – I won't get into those other issues. But this particular occasion, we, we were meeting at our coach's house, Coach Puggy Blackman, who, who Bill – replaced at University of South Carolina as coach. Uh, but Buggy later went from Georgia Tech to South Carolina. But for some reason I thought, you know what, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be nice to Bill. So I got my size 15 foot joys and I'd stopped to get some lemon scented Lysol on the way to Coach's house. And I just coated them down, right? And I threw them in the back and I thought I'm, I'm being a good teammate, yeah. right? Absolutely. And so we drove up to Greensboro, everything was fine. Well, the next day it got hot and I left my shoes in the van. And there's some sort of chemical reaction happened between the foot joys, the lemon scented Lysol, and the upholstery in the in that van. <laughs> and the, the third day, which would have been the second round of the turn, we all got in there. Bill threw up in the parking lot. That's how bad it was. And, and I'm like, I'm trying, and he starts yelling. He's wanting to hit me. You know, he's watching two golfers fight. It's really funny, you know, especially I'm a foot yeah. taller than him, and I'm, yeah. I'm laughing. And and we were on the way to the golf course, and he threw my, my foot joys out in the field, right? And I'm just out of the van. Coach wouldn't go back and give him, so I'm now I'm down his one pair of shoes, right? And, and uh, so Bill swears to this day that the final day when we went out to the golf course that he saw a dead dog on the side of the road with one of those shoes in his mouth. <laughs> I was just trying to help. And then, and then the other, on the golf course, and I know the configuration has changed over the years, but when we, we played it, 10 sort of went down and away from the clubhouse. Mm -hmm. 11 was um, really cool par 3. 12 was a short par 4. I'm not going to go over the whole course, but 13 to par 5. Pre pretty easy hole. Yeah. So I, I hadn't played very well the first couple of days. I was distraught about the shoes. But I got it going the final round. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I was like... Maybe five, six hundred, which is a heck of a score at the Cardinal. Oh yeah, and uh, I drove it perfect on that on the par five. It's skinny green, as I recall, sure. and I put it in a bunker pretty close to Flagstick. Yeah, and some folks were out watching. Coach came out to watch, yeah. and I wasn't a very good bunker player. I didn't figure out how to play good bunker shots. Actually, a couple of years ago, and I sculled it into the back bunker. Sculled it from the back bunker back to where I was in the footprint, hit it in the back bunker again, and then came back to the other bunker. Oh, my God. I think I made like a 10 on the oh. hole. I went from like 500 <laughs> to even. And I looked up as I was walking to the next tee, and all those people that came out to watch, they were all gone. <laughs> <laughs> that was. Hey, you, but Bill threw my shoes out of the van. How am I supposed to, how am I supposed to deal with that? <laughs> That uh, front right bunker, you hit it in to yeah. the back bunker. Yeah. That part of the green is tiny. Yeah. And especially yeah. after you hit it across a couple times. It yeah. After, tiny after, and after, yeah. After the round, <laughs> coach pointed out to me that there was a I had other options. Yeah. You know, I could have gone <laughs> after I got it going right. Yeah, I'm like, but the chicks don't dig that when you play safe. So, um, oh, that was so much. That same term, a really good buddy of mine, Chris Cupid, who was a very good player, his, uh, his uncle was actually. Um, Lost uh, a playoff in the U.S. Open um, to Boris. It was Boris, Palmer, and Cupid, an 18-hole playoff. I, seems like 1967, 70, somewhere in there. Really good player. But he was so crazy that uh, he uh, coach got mad at him because he hit driver everywhere. So before the final round, coach pulled a driver out of his bag. I thought he was going crazy. He's like, coach, what about driver? And so he got mad. He couldn't find another driver, so he put another putter in the bag. So he had a bullseye. And a, and a uh, answer, 
And I'm playing behind him watching all this, and he get over two or three practice strokes with one, drop it, go get the other one, two or three practice, go back and forth. We, we were crazy at Georgia Tech. We had a lot of fun. Played some good golf, too, but just not that That way. reminds me, uh, playing at NC State, Richard Sykes. Oh, talk about crazy. 50-plus years. With the glass eye. Is it true? He's got yes. just a glass yes. eye, and he yes. put it in his soup at dinner yes. with you guys, well, right? Well, uh, I had the opportunity. We roomed together in Pinehurst. We were for a tournament, and uh, I remember waking up in bed, and Richard had gone to the bathroom, and he turned around and said, hey, Murph, what do you think? He's like, <laughs> he just showing you yeah, his full just, eye. Yeah, what do you think? Oh, no my eye. goodness. So, no, he was hilarious. He, he really was a great coach, and he wasn't much older than we were. I think he started when he was 30 yep. as the head coach. Uh, I think he was the longest tenured golf coach in the U.S. NCAA Division One when he retired a few three years ago, perhaps. Yeah, I actually interviewed him the day he was retired. Oh, really? Because everybody said, "Oh, he's funny. He'll be great yeah. to do an interview." Yeah. When I was with Golf Channel, I did a live interview. Yeah. He choked. <laughs> he was about as funny as a heart attack. <laughs> so uh, we're at Duke uh, on a par three on the front side, and an old high school teammate who played at NC State as well was in front of me, and he's hitting ball on this par three across the water it's about 160 yards and he shanks it so I had just finished the par five prior to this hole so it had backed up a little bit there were a couple groups on the tee waiting to hit Eddie shanked it and he teed up another ball shanked it and about that time Richard rides up in a golf cart and Eddie walks over and says hey coach where do I need to go he says I can't get it and coach says you know what it looks like you need to aim further left and shank it <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he was so much fun. He was. He was the first coach that offered me a scholarship. Really? I, I thanked him. I didn't didn't go to NC State. Yeah. I didn't end up at Georgia Tech. My grades weren't good enough to get NC State, so I had to <laughs> sure. go to Georgia Tech. <laughs> sure. But he did. At Charlotte Country Club, I was playing a tournament. He offered me a scholarship. I, yeah. And I always got along with him great. Yeah. But the, the other coach that was um, quite the character um, at Georgia, you remember Coach Dick Copas? Yes. Who was attached to the football team. That's and where I he, wanted to play. Yeah, Georgia, and uh, I, and I lived in Athens for a long time. Yeah. Being a Georgia Tech guy, we yeah. you know we got a little friction there. But it's, it's all fun. But the funniest thing I ever saw happen, and and this is a, a Richard Sykes could have done this too. We were actually playing here in Myrtle Beach, at uh, Long Bay, and uh, it was NCAA regionals, and the first day we got paired with a Northern School uh, Temple. Yeah. And it was funny, you know, the guys, it was early spring, and the guys from up north, when they come down in the spring, they, they wear the shorts, and it's always the white legs, you know, from our northern friends, and the mosquitoes just go right after them. In about three days, you know, it looks like hamburger meat, and, and we're always making fun of the Temple guys, you know. But I'll never forget the 10th hole. It was Temple, Georgia, and Georgia Tech. And this kid from Temple hit a good second shot in there, and Dick Copas always wore the straw hat. And uh, real funny, Old South. And he, he'd see him at football games. He's wearing it, too. And um, we walked up there. Obviously, we're carrying our bags to the college tournament, and everybody threw their bags down. And uh, Dick Copas looks at a kid from Temple, and he says, Nice shot, son. And the kid from Temple goes, I'm not your son. And Copas doesn't miss a beat. He goes, Nice shot, asshole. <laughs> Head coach at the University of Georgia. <laughs> oh, you can't beat that. So, hey, um, we, we got another subject coming up. We're going to take a break in a minute. But first, I want to ask you one of the most fascinating things that, that I ever hear you talk about is after being at, at the Cardinal, that nice long run, you went to Bogota, Colombia. And you were down there four or five years? Almost five years, yeah. Teaching. Tell me... A little bit about that experience. Yeah. That was, uh, I, in and of itself, was probably the most significant thing in my life that I had done in golf to that point. Um, going to a different culture uh, and so forth. But uh, to set the table, the reason they hired me to come there was to help teach their teachers to become better teachers and uh, also to build a youth golf program. So I had just won an award, lucky enough to win the Junior Golf Leader of the year from PG of America in 1988. Uh, so they started inviting me down for each year to work with their kids and help their golf professionals. And then I would play in the Colombian Open. 
So I took my vacation from the Cardinal for about eight consecutive years, and I went to Bogota, Colombia. Well, they decided, hey, we want you to come down and help us with our, our program, golf program. So uh, I left the Cardinal to take that job, not knowing uh, much about South America at all. And I knew that I'd have to learn to speak Spanish, so I did... And you barely know English. I know. When I went down, I could barely <laughs> speak English fluently, and it still remains today that way. But I did learn to speak Spanish on a level that you know people could understand. But the Country Club of Bogota is absolutely incredible. It sits about 8,500 feet above Ooh, sea level. Ooh, it doesn't get hot there, then, does oh, it? Oh, no. Every day uh, is virtually the same. It's uh, arid. It's just a wonderful place. About 2 o'clock every day, there's a thunderstorm for about 15 to 20 minutes. And Nap time. It's gone. Yeah. But uh, we had 1,200 members, families there. We had two golf course, golf courses, Lagos and Pacos. And back uh, many years before, Jack Nicklaus and Roberto DiVincenzo played one of the Shell's wonderful mm-hmm. world of golf uh, tournaments there. Um, but the membership they were very grateful. I spent almost five years there. On Mondays, I would work with their golf professionals on their teaching schedule. And that was, I became very close with those guys. And I would go to their homes on Sunday afternoon uh, in Bogota. Bogota is 11 million people. It's like New York City. I had no idea it was that yeah, big. I mean, I knew it was a big city. Place. I figured it's a couple million. No. And it sits in a savanna, as I mentioned, 8,000 feet above sea level. Um, so I spent a lot of time with the golf professionals, and then starting Tuesday morning at 7 a.m., I'm on the, I'm on the practice tee teaching members at the Country Club of Bogota. So uh, the first 10 months I was there, I gave 12,000, I mean uh, 3,250 30-minute golf lessons. No way. And, yes, I had a full-time person booking lessons, okay, and a waiting list. So if someone canceled, they would call someone to come fill that spot. Wow. In the almost five years, I had one spot open. And the reason it was open is the person died in a car accident on the way to the club. So That's a legitimate excuse. It, it was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. So I learned a lot. I learned about a different culture. I learned to speak Spanish. Uh, uh, and also learned a lot about people and families because in that area, they have a strong sense of family. Mm-hmm. And it's not uncommon to see kids in their 20s, uh, mid-20s, living with their families at that point. Um, Don't tell my kids so, that, please. <laughs> that, that for, it would be very different. <laughs> We're ready for them to get out. But, uh, no, I, I learned a heck of a lot there. Um, just I learned to teach. Yeah. Okay, and so when you're teaching the game of golf or teaching golf swing, working with uh, your students, how you say things becomes extremely important. And then understanding that, how that person is perceiving what you're saying. Um, so thinking through what I was saying in Spanish allowed me to acquire maybe a little better skill, I think, yeah. is what I was saying. Uh, so just an incredible place. Uh, I had the opportunity. I did a trick shot show at the time as well. I hadn't mentioned that to you in the past. And I would travel ro- around to various clubs throughout Colombia and do that, especially if the Colombian Open was Bucaramanga or in uh, Cartagena or Barranquilla and other cities, uh, Medellin, um, Cali. So I had a lot of travel going on Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, The other thing, uh, I got a couple stories, but uh, I also also opened up a golf distributorship while I was there. So I would be on the practice tee from 7 in the morning until 5.30 in the afternoon. And by the way, at 3.30 is when I stopped teaching. 30-minute lessons to members, and I started working with their youth from 3.30 to 5.30. So uh, uh, we built a kids program from about 25 kids initially uh, to about 180 during that time. And they came Tuesday through Friday. Mm. But I opened a a business on the side there and had an office downtown in Bogota, and I would go from work uh, at 5.30, drive downtown to the office, and I had a person working in the office to help with that business. I had uh, two people traveling around the country. Uh, there were 54 golf courses in Colombia uh, and approximately a dozen golf shops. So uh, 
who represented Cobra Golf at the time, and there was a company called Goldwyn Golf. I remember Goldwyn. Yeah. 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 And uh, we had some balls, Odyssey putters, and uh, had a lot of fun doing that yeah. uh, while I was there. Well, folks, I, I, I told you he was a legend, Rick Murphy, comma, PGA. By the way, um, he will be inducted later this year into the Carolinas PGA Hall of Fame. Congratulations mm. on that. Very well-deserved. Stick with us. When we come back, uh, we're, we're going to talk about a serious subject. We're going to get into uh, fitness and golf and might even be putting me on a program. Stay with us, folks. Balls in the air. I'm your host, Charlie Reimer. And uh, by the way, uh, when you tee it up with us, when your tee time is 9 o'clock, we are balls in the air at 9 o'clock. If you get there at 9.01, we're gone. So you better show up on time with us. And uh, when I say us, I literally mean us today. I'm with uh, my great pal, Rick Murphy, comma, PGA, just like myself. And um, we've been having a great time telling some stories. And we'll get a little more serious in this part of the show. And Rick, we're going to talk a, a little bit about fitness, and and as a longtime instructor that's worked with top players, PGA Tour players, we didn't mention John McGinnis, yet. who, who pe- people don't understand. John can talk, and John and I have been known each other as a junior golf. Can you imagine me and John as 15-year-olds out playing golf? Yeah. They wouldn't. We stole all the oxygen from the golf course, but uh, he, he does a great job uh, over with his show with Brian Catrick on Sirius XM, and... and um, everything else that he touches. And, and John really makes fun of himself as a player, but John was a heck of a player. And I know you spent a lot of time working with him over the years. I did. And uh, back at the U.S. Open at Beth Page many years ago, uh, maybe it was 2004, was it? Somewhere around there. Um, yeah, when you get to be our age, the years yeah. sort of merge together. Page, this century, right. early this it century. It was this century. Yeah. And uh, so I go up to New York and spending time with John on the practice tee and knowing that some of these fairways, like the 10th hole there, was you had to carry the ball 240 or 245. And it was in the morning, it was cool. It was into the wind. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you had to carry to get to the fairway. John never hit it in the face. He don't have that shot. He hadn't got that shot. He didn't have that <laughs> shot. So now He's aiming at the walk path, right? All due respect yeah. to John, he did have an elbow injury and a shoulder injury that we had to work around, but uh, he made par and one birdie on the 10th hole. Wow. Those four rounds. Now, the second round, and he'll tell this story, but he, I think he had the lowest, second lowest round of the day. He shot 69 at Beth Page. There's no way. Yeah. Okay? And... Uh, someone was on the practice team. John tells this story, Tiger Woods. Someone said, hey, did you hear McGinnis shot 69? He's made the cut. He finished 25th, I think, uh, in the event. He says, there's no way John McGinnis can shoot 69 <laughs> at Beth Page. So, uh, but it was, uh, I had a lot of great times. So we went to Hawaii with John and uh, just a great guy. He, great he, guy, he, great voice. he is amazing. And uh, we, we played a lot of golf together back on many tours and then, on what was in uh, the Nike Tour. We were on the PGA Tour about the same time. He was a much better player on the PGA Tour than I was, but he was um, uh, – he's cleaned his act up a little bit oh, now. Yeah. But he, he I could remember he was the only person I know. He would um, he would dip Copenhagen snuff and smoke cigarettes at the same time. <laughs> and he couldn't keep his shirt tucked in. And it's always, you know, mustard or, you know, beer stains or spit stain or something all over him. And you remember when Tommy Bahama Apparel came out? Yes. I'm a big Tommy Tommy Bahama fan. Yeah. You know, on the weekends when I'm doing my thing around here in Myrtle Beach, which is my favorite thing to do, I got on my Tommy Bahama <laughs> shirt, right? And uh, But John decided that he was going to wear Tommy Bahama on a PGA Tour. So he had some sort of agent. An agent called and said, hey, can we get a deal for John to wear Tommy Bahama? And they actually... Said, they, they said no, and he goes, well, what if we just you know, go to the mall and buy it? They actually sent him a check for $10,000 if he would agree not to wear Tommy Bahama <laughs> on a PGA Tour. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Or something like that. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not going to let the facts get in the way of a good yeah. story, but there was some sort of conversation about that. But wow. to, to spin things forward, yeah. all the talk on tour mm-hmm. in 2020, Bryson DeChambeau, the distance, the fitness, he added all the 
muscle and all of that. And, and um, now, more than ever, and I'm sure you and John McGinnis back in the day didn't have much discussion about fitness that's, and how it impacts right. golf. I mean, you might have yelled right. at him a time or two. Yeah. But, but now there are ways to tightly integrate fitness programs with golf instruction. And talk to me a little bit about uh, that. So <laughs> one of the things you see when you're a teacher on the practice tee is that you'll see an average golfer uh, may shoot just below 100. And the reason they do a lot of those times uh, is because of limitations they have in their body that they're not aware of. And I want to make one thing clear is that it's not just you. Because I've seen uh, 12-year-old kids that have limitations in mobility and flexibility so and stability. So uh, I've studied this for about 30 years now and went through a couple of programs learning more about how the body functions and, and 3D. Um, now, taking that to the tour player level, you can see there were people back uh, 50 years ago. Gary Player would be one, right? I think George Knudsen was. Um, Frank Stranahan. Yeah, he was Paul. the first player I heard. He would actually travel with suitcases full of weights. Yeah. I so always heard those stories. It was going on, uh, but for all intents and purposes, perhaps most recently in the last 10 to 15 years, it's become a huge topic. And you see Dustin Johnson and you see Bryson DeChambeau, which was the first tour player, I think, to carry a ball over 400 yards in the air and not with an extra long club, 48 inches or 50. So there is a lot of focus being placed on fitness now. But most of us that play golf, uh, we have our limitations and they live within our body and we try to work around that. But as a teacher, I've got to be able to identify why my student can't do some of the things that are perhaps native to he or she in their bodies. So I've got to find where those limitations are. Is it balance? There's some simple exercises for that. Is it stability? Can they maintain speed uh, in their golf swing? And a lot of that has to do with how stable you are against the ground with your feet. So uh, I've been searching. I went through MG360. Nike Golf had a fitness program. Uh, I was trained in that. And now uh, I uncovered Connexit. And Connexit is the first uh, digital platform that addresses uh, those limitations. So it's a very simple process of going through a screening, which we'll do later today with you, and then identifying those limitations, giving you a whole regimen of exercises in a simple way that you can start without weights, okay? Without, it's a, I like to call it a sweat no-sweat workout. I'm listening. And I think you're going to like that, okay? <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, so we identify those limitations, and then you work out your own fitness program. And we're asking you just to spend 15 minutes minimum three times a week, but you can select up to 30 minutes or 45 or one hour. It depends on how much you want to put into it. So uh, what I do with my students now is I'll do the assessment. It takes about 10 to 15 minutes. They revisit in about six weeks. They come back in. We do another assessment. It will measure their progress or not. And then you'll get a whole new list uh, or group or regimen of exercises. Um, when, you you, do, when you do a next so assessment. It's, yeah, it's almost it's artificial intelligence, perhaps. It, it keeps building on the progress you're making and giving you exercises. So, so I, I, listen, I love hanging out with you. I love, love our friendship. But my motive in asking you to come down here to Myrtle Beach and talk about this today is, is very personal. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm 53 now. That hole is a lot farther away than it used to be. And I found that getting that ball out of the hole sometimes is, is, is even a challenge. I've lost some flexibility. I think a lot of that has to do with age. And then th this year, I, I had a tough year. COVID um, honestly just about took me out. And, and uh, I was hospitalized through about July 1st. And um, I, I'm still not quite 100%. I, I can function, but, but I, I'm just not where I need to be physically. I'm still getting a little bit better, but... With it being the beginning of the year, with, with me having a tough year physically, with me being 53 years old, and, and, I, and listen, I want to play some good golf, and I can still play decent on days that I feel good, but, but I, I need to do some work that helps me in life as well. Yeah. 
and, and spending some time and you tell me about this program, I thought, man, that sounds perfect to me because I don't have to go to a class. Um, if I go to a class, it's going to be a yoga class, and I'm going to sit in the back, you know, and check out the view. I don't know if that makes me a bad person or not, but that's, that's what I'm going to do, but that ain't going to help me. Right. But when you tell, talk to me about connection, I'm like, I need to, need to do that. I can sign up for it. I can do this evaluation. It's yeah. something that, that I can do by myself if I want to. Um, or, or I can call you up, and, yeah. and, it, and if it ends up being something that specifically helps me with my sure. golf game, that, that's great. Sure. But, but um, I, I'm really interested in, in digging into this. And I think, I think there's a lot of people with what's going on in the world right now not Absolutely. wanting to go to a class to exercise. I think that's going to stick around yeah. for a while. And, and so when, when I see something that's, man, that's, that's where i got to do yeah. it. So, that, so that's why you're yeah. here today. Yeah, uh, Thanks for having me here for that reason. Um, people, it's difficult to get someone, just like people join gyms the first of the year. They have a New Year's resolution. Hey, I'm going to work out this year. I'm going to lose that 10 pounds or 50 or whatever it may be. I'm going to gain more of these, this function that I need, 3D function. And 45 days passes, and then it goes away, the desire. So um, I think uh, with Connexit, and primarily golf professionals use this, but... Because we're doing this together, uh, you're going to be able to uh, introduce this Connexit digital platform to consumers. Exactly. And that's the first time I understand that that's, that that's, that's happening. Right. And uh, all that information is going to be over charlierimer.com, including the pricing for this program. We'll get into that in, in, in just a little bit. But um, uh, I, I just love the idea of having something that's, that's you know, when you say no sweat, 15 minutes, yeah. three times a week. I, I go, you know what, I, yeah. I can do that. And, and you know, you're talking to somebody who about three months ago ordered one of those fancy bicycles, you know. Right. You see the commercials and yeah. they got the, you know, the, the, you can take studio classes or you can go bicycling through the Alps and all that. And I got one of those that sits at home. And I'll tell you what, that's a great place to hang your clothes. Yeah. And <laughs> I got on that thing one time. And uh, the dogs didn't like me being on it, my golden retrievers. They're like, what are you doing? Get back on the couch. And and uh, so, I mean, there's about a, an inch of dust yeah. sitting on that thing. But yeah. I, listen, I'm, I'm making fun of myself, but I know I've got to. You will. Yeah, i got to get after it. And, we got to do it. And so what I'm looking forward to is over the course of this year, um, when I do these evaluations, spending some time with you, checking in, seeing where I am, and and – we can integrate it into my yeah. golf, then, then that's great. But yeah. you're going to have to keep me on this. You're going to have to call me every now and then and call me fat and lazy and stuff. The platform actually allows me to go in and look. When oh, no. The exercises, can I so cheat I can on see that? how often you work. Yeah. So 15 minutes, come on. I can do 15 Three minutes. times a week. Yeah, I can do that. And you'll see the benefit. Um, so one of the things. And Does it hurt? Not, Does it hurt? It hurts. Because I don't like hurt. I don't like so hurt. There is no it's pain. no good. Okay. It's sweat free. <laughs> and look. You, you mentioned this, you alluded to this, that uh, what we're trying to do is people want to enjoy life. They want to be able to travel with their families when we're able to do that again, pain-free, and live a longer life. And uh, movement is so important to that because if you have a foot or an ankle injury or a hip injury or a thoracic spine injury, yeah. those are detrimental. Yeah. And we can avoid a lot of those situations, especially in the golf game when you Start looking at your body and how it functions in 3D. You, right, you got to have functionality. And, that, and that's the thing yeah. that I've noticed. So many times I think, oh, it's the beginning of the year and I need to get on this kick. And I, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, I've had times when I've had trainers because I, sure. I go up and down weight and fitness and all that. And, you know, I think about doing, you know, squats and weights and, sure. you know, and I, I never get very far. No, that's good that, and, and this the, the first thing I need to address, and I think a lot of people when you get over fifty, mm -hmm. is you got to have that flexibility and mobility, and, that, and that's what connects it does first, right? That's you right. you that's can right. add later, but I, I got to start moving better first and that's get right. get that 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 flexibility and mobility and stability. It's simple movement patterns, okay, and that's what the assessment will give us the information uh, to help us. So. Uh, when you look at someone's body and how it moves in 3D, a lot of students don't think about this. Uh, they think, okay, my golf professional, or I think I should turn my shoulders more or turn my hips more. Well, 
there's not actually a hip turn in a golf swing in the backswing, okay? When they look at you. Or how many players uh, have come to me and said, uh, I know I need to maintain my spine angle or I need to keep my head down. All those things are myths, okay? If they understood how the body moved, they would have, their eyes will open to why they need to increase their mobility and flexibility because the body moves uh, in three planes of motion. Did I say three? <laughs> okay, it's he three, said three planes. Three, three planes of motion. You want to know about those? Yeah. Okay, so there is a, a frontal plane, okay, and all that is is side bending from side to side. So, you know, in a golf swing, if I were side bent to my left and I'm a right-handed player, where would I be in my golf swing if I'm side bent this way, Charlie? Side bent. You mean a right, right, right rough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there's a frontal plane of motion. There's a sagittal plane, or uh, you can call this flexion and extension. And then there's transverse plane. You call that rotation. So your body is moving simultaneously in those three uh, uh, planes of motion. Um, so once you understand that, hey, in my backswing, I'm side bent to the left. Well, how many players do you see that moving off the ball? Yeah, yes, shoulders moves. are turning level or flat. Yeah, and they, and they need more side bending. Well, guess what? Uh, you can acquire that in a short amount of time just by understanding that. Hey, let's get a little bit more side bend on the left. Or how many players do you see that are side bent through impact? All the great players. Yep. Well, you'll see some of the people that have lost that mobility. Right shoulders moving higher. So all these so, so things let me, matter. Let me jump in there. So yeah. what, what I notice as I'm getting older is is I try to recruit power from where it's always been. And now all of a sudden that power ain't there. So my brain tries to get it from somewhere else. That's right. And that's when the ball starts bouncing off of houses. That was a great analysis. Right? Because right. the power got to come from somewhere. That's and, right. And things don't work. So... This connects it can help me yeah. get get back to yes. getting power from where yeah. I've always been able to do that. Yeah. I, I love that. And you got the benefit of if, if, if you get into this program, you're going to play a little better golf, yeah. which is great. But you, you're going to have a little better quality of life away from the right. golf course, which I value even more. That's right. You made so. a great comment there about finding a source of power that's different because something is locked up somewhere, if you will. Right? Yep. So it all comes from the ground when you understand the kinematics or kinetics, if you will, kinematics of the golf swing, how there is a sequential motion, sequential motion that starts with your feet, through your hips, through your shoulders, through your arms, hands, club shaft, club head, into the ball. Yeah. So maybe if you have something in the hips that are, that's not as mobile or stable, or maybe you have something in the shoulders that's not as mobile or stable, or maybe it's just a simple issue of balance, then that steals that power and that transfer of power throughout your body to the ball. And this, and this is what it feels like when that happens. Every now and then it's like in my downswing, mm -hmm. my body becomes possessed. Everything is completely out of order. Right. And I hit some shot that just feels so alien to me. Yeah. And generally the shot's not very good, but it's like... Whoa, what happened? So then I talked to some of my other older buddies, and they're like, yeah, every yeah. now and then that happens. It's going to start happening more. I, I don't want it to happen anymore. It scares me That's right. <laughs> when it does happen. But let me ask you the exercises, and, and we're going to be demonstrating some of these. You, you can get all this information over at charlierommer.com, but, but um, is, is there any kind of special equipment that you need? I mean, obviously you you got to sign up for the service and you get the app, but – but does that mean you got to go off and buy $1,000 worth of stuff to do this program? Zero. No equipment needed. So I, love here. I love that. When you're starting with mobility and flexibility and stability, there's some great uh, exercises that it's going to give you to start with. But the beautiful thing about the digital platform Connexit is that you can take it to the next level if you choose, to endurance, speed, agility, power. Okay, It's all there in the platform. However, uh, I would advise, and I advise all my students, and the same with what we're going to be doing with you, is to start small. Let's start small and work on those uh, 
cherries or whatever you, you want to have victories early yes. in this process. Yes. And look, it's uh, just like balance. When you're working with a student, uh, maybe they can't hold that finish position because of the balance in the left foot and hip. Well, you have these proprioceptors in the bottoms of your feet that are detecting this balance. Well, wait a minute. Let's wake those up. Oh, so in two or three days of just a simple balance exercise, I see students miraculously able to finish their golf swing and maintain their balance. You have captured my attention. Rick, stick with us. Uh, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to uh, Chris Manson, who is the president of Connexit, which is based in Sweden. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you can actually call from Myrtle Beach to Sweden, but we're going to give it a shot when uh, we come right back. Don't go away, folks. Golfers, we're different. We count in strokes, measure in yards, and live and die by the hole. Not everybody gets us, but one place does. Myrtle Beach. And this is one beach you'll be glad you landed on. 78 courses, 60 miles of beach, and so much more. The beach gets golfers. Golfers get the beach. Start planning your next Myrtle Beach getaway at PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. We welcome you back to Balls in the Air. I'm your host, Charlie Reimer, with special guest uh, Rick Murphy, comma, PGA. I always got to put that in. We work, we work hard enough to be oh, PGA members. We, absolutely. We need to uh, make sure we get the comma PGA on our introduction every single time. And speaking of introductions, uh, we've got a special guest now, Chris Manson, who's the CEO of Connexit. Uh, Connexit is uh, based in Sweden, and uh, Chris is on the line with us. Chris, we, we appreciate you uh, joining us, and, and um, if you could just start out and maybe give us a little introduction of how Connexit got started, we'd sure appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Um, well, long story short, uh, I started my background, I'm a licensed personal trainer, uh, and um, been working with golf players and golf professionals my whole career. Um, I'm not a, a, inbound a, a golf professional, but being playing golf my whole life, I came out from, from actually a tennis background. So playing with sports and playing elite, uh, elite sports from that perspective is something that I've, I've, I've uh, come from, but, um, uh, got into the perspective of working with a lot with golfers and saw a little bit of an opening and, 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 a, and, and an opportunity in the market and, uh, got to the ability to work with, with two of my co-founders, uh, one who's a, a doctor in, in chiropractic and one who's a, a physical therapist. And we started to think of the idea of, you know, there's a lot of software out there, but there was really uh, nothing out there that had the customized sort of solution or the ability to create individualized training for uh, players. This is, you know, based on all sports. So we started working uh, and we went into the lab and it took us about two years to, to develop Kinexit with the understanding of, you know, based on a simple screening that, that a player would do or an athlete um, that the Kinexit AI or the artificial intelligence would, you know, spit out or, or, or filter out the exercises that are, are, are based on the actual person. Um, two years later, we ended up, you know, developing about 10 sports and, um, got to perspective of, you know what, this is great, but we need to make a decision. We can't go for all these sports at the same time. Um, and ended up working with some really, really great profiles. Um, uh, some who had really senior executive roles when it comes to different, uh, manufacturing companies and so forth. And, um, just got really, really interested about the golf side of things. Um, so we decided on golf for a number of different reasons, being such a massive sports, being one of the biggest leading um, industries and so forth. Uh, you play golf from, you know, when you're born to pretty much you, uh, <laughs> you die. And, and there's just a lot of openings for, and a lot of interest for, you know, technology. And we're really, uh, interested about the combination of teaching fitness and equipment and the combination of creating that total lesson experience. So once we got into golf, we, uh, we just, we just open it from there and, and uh, you know, working with PGA professionals, academies and clubs is something that we've done since then. And, and um, it's just been a, an absolute pleasure, you know, the last couple of years uh, building this, this business. 
and working and, close and with them. Chris, the, the timing right, right now with, with, with the world, hopefully the very end of this horrible global pandemic, pe- people saw during 2020 that golf was one, one of the few things that they could do that, that, that was healthy, was getting outside, um, and, and the numbers worldwide with people playing golf have, have been phenomenal. And, and to have Connexit available now for, for the first time direct to consumers, and of course this obviously will continue to be available to PGA professionals they can use with their students, which really enhances the, the product. But for, for consumers to be able to, to directly get this product through, through our relationship um, with, with what's going on, it's something that, that you can do this at home and get benefits on the golf course and in your Life, that's got to be something that you have to be really excited about, the timing of it and the benefit that people can receive from this product. Oh, absolutely. And, and we're super excited to be working with you and, and just being able to be invited into this great pod. And, and um, you know, just, just looking at the trends right now, uh, I mean, years ago, uh, you've got a lot of PJ professionals that started working on their uh, their fitness and starting adopting fitness regimens and then over the last years this fitness has just been growing and growing and growing and now it's just at a phase where you know just looking at the latest um, uh, major champions it's just we, we, I mean fitness is there um, and I think it's just a great opportunity working and helping players from that perspective and and, and, and getting better you know if we go back to the whole thing of, of just looking at equipment technique and fitness, uh, equipment is just the manufacturers have done an amazing job in revolution, revolutionizing the sport. Uh, but when you've maybe bought your fifth or your sixth custom driver, it's hard to get that much better. And, and looking at the technical side, you know, we've been working with so many professionals that we know that it's, it's, it's not always easy to, uh, to get to the level you want to be when, when, when your fitness isn't there, you're not able to rotate or you, you have some glitches in your body. And that's where we want to make it incredibly easy for the player to to be successful there, you know, where we've created our, our AI that can pick out what mobility, what stability, what strength exercises that are good for me based on our three steps with our screening, the way, way we give feedback to our players and the way we help them improve, basically. Well, I, I'm very excited about this year. Um, in fact, uh, Rick's going to be putting me through that evaluation. He's going to help me monitor my, my uh, progress with, with Connexit. Uh, one of the things I, I want to ask you about is, is a lot of times, you know, most of folks playing golf, we, we like to talk about, we want to grow it among younger players, and we do, and we're, and we're picking up some younger players, but most of pe- people playing golf are 50 years plus, and they hear about something that has to do with fitness, and they're like, oh no, I can't do that. Um, that that's not the case with your product. Can you can you tell me a little bit about how someone's 50, 60, 70 years old might benefit from this product? Well, first of all, that's a great, great aspect around it. And um, what we've learned is that it's not always about, you know, the um, going to the gym and, and having to spend, you know, 60 minutes historically what, what, what a lot of players would do and, and Sometimes, you know, you know, to be honest, the best training is the training that gets done. You know, if you like going for walks or if you like doing things that, you know, you have to do what you, what you feel is the best for you. But creating an, a simple and easy routine that you can do uh, at home or they can do a little bit every day. Uh, we like two aspects. One is the concept of no sweat training. Um, so, amen. You get you know, amen creating, from me on that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and I think, you know you know, catering to the players that love to play golf, but I'm not super comfortable going to the gym and that's fine. You know, but at the end of the day, if you can do a little bit of the right stuff, um, you know, there's never any guarantees, but what we've seen in our results and the amount of thousands of players have been on, you know, we can create some tremendous results, you know, doing the right things at the right time. Um, the other thing is, you know, a, a little bit every day rather than, you know, that big program, that big session you do once a week. It's just, you want something to be, you, you have to repeat it. You can do it a little bit every day if you can. So we like to say, you know, 15 minutes, three times per week at a minimum. But if you can do that, 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 you know, a session every day, just for a few minutes, 
it, it, it can really take you a long way. I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, I can do that. And I'm looking forward to doing it. Uh, and I'm looking forward to uh, my good friend Rick Murphy taking me through that. And, and let, let me ask you to, to finish up with this. It, you have a very special relationship with Rick Murphy, who's very accomplished uh, a PGA professional in, in, in the world of teaching and the world of PGA of America. Talk to me a little bit about that special relationship that you have with Rick. Well, to be honest, Rick and, uh, is someone that we, we got exposed to and we got in, introduced to about, uh, Rick, what was it now, maybe 18 months ago, two years now. Uh, Rick was one of our, our, our early, early professionals in the U.S. Now, uh, in the Nordics or in Scandinavia, um, we, we have a, a, an established a really strong foundation of, of professionals. Um, and right now we're looking at really, you know, we, we, we're looking into the U.S. and U.K. and other parts of the world. And, and Rick has been an early ambassador for us, um, not only with his relationships, his personality, but I think the thing that I, I think is really unique is, is that Rick is so open and so curious to learn new things. And, you know, what he, he's been, you know, well-established on, on the golf fitness side of things and, and done lots of education and, and, and he's, he knows a lot about the body. Um, so for him, uh, when we started talking, uh, you know, we both hit it off from that perspective and, and working with Rick has been something that we've gained so much from both in, in insights and, 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 uh, He's just, you know, I, I call him, he's, he's a really good friend of mine uh, from that perspective. So um, I, I think I, many times, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I think he'd be a perfect friend if he could just putt a little bit better. <laughs> he never puts well when he plays with me and we're partners. But uh, no, no, Rick is obviously very passionate about golf and he realizes now that uh, and, and has for a long time that fitness is a big part of the game. Uh, Chris Manson, we appreciate you joining us, CEO of uh, Connexit. I don't know what you're going to do the rest of your day over there in Sweden. You probably don't have much daylight left this time of year is what I'm guessing. Am I correct on that? You are very correct. So for those that are interested in visiting Sweden, I would definitely recommend going in the summer. You're not going to get a lot of light, a lot of light right now. Well, I've heard it's a beautiful place. I look forward to seeing it. And hopefully I can visit you over there. In the meantime, I'll send you my address. You can send me some of those Swedish fish or Swedish meatballs. That's oh, about all I know about Sweden. I do know Annika, you too. Know. That, that gives me some credit as well. But, uh, Chris, we appreciate your time. And I'm really looking forward <laughs> to working through uh, your program with Connexit. Thanks so much. Good luck. Appreciate it, Chris. Um, sharp, sharp guy. And I know, oh, yeah. I know you all have a good relationship. And, and uh, you, you've... you've done a lot of work uh, to get this product to where it is. And and um, one of the things that I think is really neat about this opportunity that we have is up until now, this product had only been available to golfers or people who are interested in improving their fitness or a PGA professional. Right. And, and it still is. Yes. But it's, it's also very possible to work through this program by sure. yourself, correct? Sure. Absolutely. You can take this and go with it on your own. Uh, one of the things that attracted me to Connexit, and I think part of what our relationship has been built on is the fact that they will follow through. Uh, if you have a question about a workout routine, if you have a question about a specific exercise, there's someone at Connexit that you can talk to or email and get an answer quickly. So they're very communicative and uh, engaging and want to help. And that stretches over to the PGA member where they will do all the marketing and campaigning for you. They'll design emails for you, templates for you. Whatever you need to help grow your business, they will do that. Um, I've been able, as I talked about earlier, been able to monetize this. It's become a, a nice revenue stream. But at the same time, you're helping people, yeah. which is my ultimate goal. So why not do both? Absolutely. I, I love hearing it. I, I love this program. I'm excited about getting started with it. Um, I'm going to do that today, and uh, you're going to put me through the evaluation. We're going to see where we stand. Uh, there's no judgment in this. As I understand, in evaluation, you either get gold, silver, or bronze. I, you know, bronze doesn't bother me that much, so I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of bronze. I know I've got some work to do. Um, all the information, uh, Rick putting me through that evaluation. We're going to video that. That's going to be available at charlieromer.com, as well as some of the core exercises, 
we'll demonstrate some of that for you as well. Pricing information, also we said for the first time ever, the product is going to be available directly to the consumer. Everybody in this day and age wants to know about the pricing. The, the price on that is going to be $29.95 a month. If you commit to a whole year, that's going to be $299.95 for, for the entire year. And, um, you know, of course, you, you got to do it. But I love the, the no sweat. Yep. 15 minutes, three times a week, no sweat yep. with this program. And um, I'm, I'm excited about it. I need yeah, to do it. I, I know a lot of people out there do as well. And um, ultimately, at the end of the day, you're going to, Feel better if you stick to this program. When you come see us here in Myrtle Beach to play some golf, you're going to play better golf or wherever you play golf. We're all about getting people playing golf here in the golf capital of the world. But we appreciate it when you look at uh, at coming here. So um, as far as the podcast, Balls in the Air, we appreciate it. If you give us a good rating, five stars, if you think we earned it. You think we earned it, Rick? Absolutely. Okay, I think we earned it as well. And uh, as always, you can uh, subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. So for Rick Murphy, I'm Charlie Romer. Our guest today, Chris Manson, the CEO of Connects It. We appreciate you being with us. And we'll see you right here next week on Balls and Air.